three or four years, we were already the biggest LCA supplier in, in mm. the Benelux. At, at some point, you, you know, they know that you're not a one day fly and yeah. you will stick stick there. And But not before we actually went past the, I mean, we, we almost went, went bankrupt two times. Welcome to the Growing Green podcast, where we share the stories of growing businesses with an impact and the people behind them. My name is Toby. I'm joined by my co-host, Yulene. Hi, Toby. Hello, Yulene. When was the last time you went to the supermarket? This morning. This morning. What'd you buy? Uh, I'm going to make soup this weekend. Oh, did you compare the ingredients and looked at how eco-friendly your products are? Yes, I'm trying to be more organic, but I think it's also very important. It's still very expensive, though. It's, mm -hmm. it's hard to... And the thing is also, even if it's organic, we don't really know if it's more sustainable or not because, you know, maybe the stuff is more inefficient. We don't, we never know this, but there's it's one It's a way sticker, to, right? Yeah. That says it's actually... It's a sticker. Which is bad, but that's, that's how it works. Trust the sticker. Yeah. And do you actually know how we measure sustainability? No, actually, I do not. I think maybe it's, if you look at meat or fish, I think it's easier to measure, but for products i would not know actually yeah it's it's incredibly hard and it's actually called a life cycle assessment lca which then takes into consideration the entire life cycle of a product and it's incredibly complex there's people whose only job is to do those things one of the companies that are trying to solve that issue of the complexity of sustainability is ecochain and ecochain is one of the companies in amsterdam that if you look for sustainable company amsterdam ecochain always pops up because they've been around the block for a while they've been here for seven years and they have a long story to share and what is their story what are they selling oh you have to listen to our story then but <laughs> they're actually essentially selling a SaaS product um, which helps companies to measure their footprint and they have a very different approach to it, which uh, Baudewein, my guest for this episode, is going to talk about. They essentially help complex companies like manufacturing companies in all kinds of industries that have very complex product portfolios to really measure the footprint of all their products at once. Nice. I'm really excited about this conversation. And without further ado, let's jump into my conversation with Baudewein. Hi, Baudewein. Thanks, Hi, Toby. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. We've been working together for a couple of months already. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to, to finally share your story. Not that you haven't done it in the past couple of years, but I'm really happy that you uh, also give me the time to to share it a bit more. Maybe to start off, uh, what's the story of EcoChain? So what does EcoChain actually do? Um, and how did you start being involved with this whole story? Well, actually, it's all started with my brother. My brother, Jochem, uh, who is a big fanatic sustainability uh, practitioner, he had this quite bold idea how to um, really look differently to sustainability. And so it started about eight years ago where he had this idea of analyzing company data in a bit of a different way to get really much more uh, insights out of this data. You can imagine that um, around eight years ago, uh, one of the methodologies that were that was used to do an assessment of how sustainable a product is, um, it's it's the, the the methodology is 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 called a life cycle assessment. Just to assess a single product would cost somewhere between twenty and fifty thousand euros. Wow. So you can imagine that you know with these amount of cost, having billions and billions of products in the world, it would never be scalable to to such an extent that you can actually uh, do a, a footprint calculation, mm. a life cycle assessment for each product in the world. Yeah. 
So that was his challenge. So can we build a platform that would be capable of doing that? When he had this this, this bold idea of, of what the technology should look like, I, uh, I joined him and we built this MVP, what they called a minimum viable product mm-hmm. where we said, well, let's just try if it works. So we built this technology and we started to implement uh, at the first customers. And basically our proposition was, well, uh, sir, you are a ma'am, you want to have a calculation of a product. Normally it's 20K per product. We do your entire product portfolio for the same amount. So that was our sales pitch back then. (laughs) So it it, it really worked. So we we got some traction. But on the other hand, we we got a lot of people working against us because we really did something amazing. But the scientific community, the LCA community said it's not possible. Mm -hmm. So they were really pushing back. But we actually found a way to do a lifecycle assessment and to do footprint calculations on such a massive scale that we can really change the behavior of uh, of procurement or of, of the consumer actually knowing what kind and what what the sustainability what the impact is of the products that they're actually buying and that's mm-hmm. ultimately the goal that we want to achieve yeah you just mentioned uh, a couple of, of really interesting things so first of all you started with your brother so it's a family family business start business and so it was Jochen, who is a sustainability fanatic and you coming more from a business perspective. And then you developed MVP. Did, did you develop the MVP or how did you actually build the MVP? Well, actually, the, the, the MVP was built outside EcoChange. So mm-hmm. we didn't build ourselves. Oh, yeah. So we just um, basically we made a sketch. So like a functional, put on paper all the functional requirements of mm-hmm. what the app should look like. And we uh, we found an external party who uh, who built it for mm-hmm. a really low amount. So it was just to, 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 to get the first yeah, experiment up and running. Mm-hmm. When we knew it, it actually worked, it did what it actually had to do, then we started to really build our own team and uh, mm. create uh, the, much more than just uh, the initial idea. Mm. So you kind of create a new category in a way. You just said before there was LCA uh, software out there. You could do these, you know, lifecycle analysis um, that you found out was outdated. And um, so it's a completely new solution. You, you try to push to the market and, and I would think, okay, people are probably... And you also mentioned that a bit hesitant to just adapt to completely new technology and people are probably a bit, you know, maybe scared of, of using it first. How did you convince your first customers and who actually were your first customers? Well, we had some first uh, customers, a very good question, by the way, because there's, it's really difficult to, to have such a, um, a really new technology in, in, a, in, a, in a market that has been established for years mm-hmm. by a scientific community. So you're basically teaching the scientific community that you know what they're doing is great (laughs) but there's something out there which is much greater so and that's that's really really difficult so it was uh, we really had to 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 keep pushing and Mm. the good thing was that the first customers that we we found were companies in the construction industry Mm. uh, especially in the netherlands the construction industry was very interesting because back then they really started to look at the quantitative side of of sustainability for which LCA is is the methodology. What do you mean by quantitative side? So quantitative, so the numbers. So instead of the, the qualitative sides, like the, the questionnaires that you send mm-hmm. out, uh, really look at the quantitative, just quantitative metrics. So really like hard data. The, yeah, the data. First customers, we actually persuade them to use EcoChain. And we, we basically said, well, first of all, like I said before, we do your entire product portfolio, Mm -hmm. um, not even knowing what kind of interesting data would would come out of it. So it was really focused on just delivering the LCA values. And, um, and, and, And some of them said, well, but how do we know that the numbers are right? So, and that was a very 
Well, it's a fair question. I mean, yeah. we, we knew that we more or less did it the way we built it the way it should be. So the outcomes should be okay, but the, the tool back then was not verified yet. So, so what we did is we, um, we, we told the customers, well, we don't know if the numbers are right, but let's do it this way. You pay the bill after your LCAs have been validated. Mm-hmm. So we first, we, we'll, we'll do the entire project. You'll get the hundreds of and hundreds of, of LCAs we deliver to you. And then um, you can choose a verification mm-hmm. uh, or a verification party and or an auditor. And then after uh, uh, the LCAs are audited, we'll send you the bill. So that was a fairly good deal for them, not for us, because we needed yeah. money. We're a startup. <laughs> so um, th- those were pretty hard times from a financial perspective, but we needed this, this first, these, these first movers to actually uh, act mm-hmm. and, and to, to choose for us. So, um, and, and actually when I, when I'm looking back, you know, we, we had no idea what we were doing. Mm-hmm. So uh, this was such a, uh, in, such a complex domain and of course we knew the basics but you know the the the, the fine the fine nitty-gritty mm. gritty details you know about, yeah. about life cycle assessment and i know for sure that people who will be looking at your podcast and if they know anything about lca they know it's an extremely complex domain so so we had this rough idea what what it should do and 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 why well, when we first delivered, we got the first validations, and that when that that's when we had the first proof that mm. what we were doing was actually good. So you've, you've come a long way since then. So what I found super interesting is that you say, okay, we started with an MVP and then we just pushed it to the customers, um, which a lot of companies, they start, okay, we want to build something and then they build this really crazy big product and don't actually validate it. So it's, um, I think a super lean approach you took there, but mm-hmm. how did you, so the first customers, it's kind of, did you just call them? Did you have them in your network already? Or how did you actually find the first traction? Because these are big companies you're talking to, right? These are companies that you have long lead cycles. It's a B2B environment. So even for an experienced company with a big track record, it can take months or even years to get a, get a deal like that. So how did you actually put, put the money down and how did they actually make them sign the contract? Well, th- there was a, a little push um, also from from the government, uh, not specifically into the direction of EcoChair, mm-hmm. but life cycle assessment was getting a lot of traction. And still our competition, they were charging 20 to, to 50K sometimes sometimes mm-hmm. sorry for uh, for just doing one single product mm-hmm. lca so um th- we got some wind in the back because the, the the prices of a single lca were so incredibly high and mm-hmm. you know what what we what we told our customers is that this 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 lca system is built around uh, consulting services mm-hmm. so it's all about a consultant spending a lot of time and effort in 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 modeling uh, a product in this software mm-hmm. and then building this big report mm-hmm. now one of the the big frustrations i've had for years is that everybody's focused on building these big reports while nobody actually reads these deep, these reports mm-hmm. so we had this this very um uh, sort of a lean approach um where we said well it's not our aim to give you a hundred big lca reports yeah we believe in data we believe in dashboards we believe in in a, in a, in, a, in 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 yeah, providing you with information 
and not specifically in a report, but mm-hmm. in, in, in a more in a digital highway where you can actually, you know, you, you get really steering information on how to transform your company. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the ultimate goal of doing an LCA. So, and, and I think that storyline really uh, touched them. So mm-hmm. we, we really got into their mind like, okay, well, what do I want? Do I want 100 big reports? Or do I actually want to know how how I can steer my company in becoming more sustainable in the long run? So, um, and and a good thing is one once you get one or two of these customers um, on the system, uh, you, you know they, they give good feedback. Uh, it was not perfect and not not good, and we, we we had a lot to learn, but but the foundation was good and our story was good, and um, and so we slowly started to 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 yeah to to take up to pick up this uh, this market this LCA mm-hmm. market, and uh, and we got the traction. But still, I mean, I, I'm talking about three years of of really hard, intense work mm-hmm. and. And a really big pushback from from the from the scientific community because still, I mean, imagine that you get get paid twenty k per mm. product, twenty k, and now two two brothers come along and they 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 tell your customers that they for twenty k they do your entire portfolio. Mm-hmm. I mean that that cannot be be good, right? So we we got a lot of pushback from from this community and and even up to the point where they said, well. EcoChain, if you use EcoChain, we will not validate you. Mm, wow. So actually, we uh, EcoChain was dependent on the same consultants that were actually our comp- competitors. And they didn't want to do the validations because EcoChain, yeah, what we did was not right. And we did in an unscientific uh, way. While at, at the same side, we could actually show that that the results were better, mm. for higher quality uh more accurate, mm-hmm. so the, the whole methodology was was uh, was actually way better than than the current system. Is that um, a pushback you still experience, or has that changed over the last? No, that has of really years? changed. That has really changed, and 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 we got we got more traction. We got bigger. I, I think in, in in three or four years, we were already the biggest LCA supplier in, in, mm. in the Benelux. At, at some point, you, you know, they know that you're not a one day fly and yeah. you'll stick, stick there. And, but not before we actually went past the, I mean, we, we almost went, went bankrupt two times. Mm. So we really had this, these two uh, valleys of death yeah. is what I, what they call it. Right. Where we were really on the verge uh, of going, uh, going bankrupt because of the difficult times. And, yeah. uh, and, and, and we're very thankful that we got good investors on board, uh, who really believes in, in an eco chain for the long run, the middle long run? Yeah, that um, that made us survive, and at the same time, uh, yeah, kept, we we kept on growing. And mm. uh, the major reasons why, um, at some point, we started to collaborate is we really, at some point, we made a decision: what do we want to be? Do mm. we want to be a consulting firm with a, a technology on the side, yeah. or do we want to be a technology and a consulting firm just doing both mm. or do we fully want to focus on on the uh, on, on the technical part mm. so we said at some point it's, it's about four four or five years ago we want to be a technology company so if there is consulting services need to implement it or to interpret interpret eco chain or to to ad- bring advice to the customer how to reduce environmental impacts we want our partners to do that so mm-hmm. we really we we really opened up we said okay we take the the, the recurring revenue part of, of our proposition mm-hmm. and all the consulting services anything you can do with eco chain and and, uh, and upsell with the customer that's for our partners so 
that's when we started to 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 get to get attraction as well, and 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 also competition started to uh, to let us go a bit mm-hmm. simply because they could actually they, they they saw that if they would be using EcoChain, they could deliver maybe a hundred or a thousand fold mm-hmm. um, uh, in in relation to their the previous proposition. Mm-hmm. That's actually something interesting you just mentioned because you said okay, the consulting firms or the people that actually have a sustainable background where you would think they are all about the costs. They were firing back a bit. And at the same time, the companies that actually have a drive to make money say, okay, we want to be more sustainable, but more because of the money reasons and because they had to. So let's, let's talk about the story a bit. So you, uh, start this, you said three or four years and you had a lot of struggles. You got your first construction company as a client or your first companies in the building construction sector. And how did your portfolio develop over time? Could I could, cause I could imagine that actually getting new industries on board is also a big challenge because you have a lot of experience and in one industry, you focus on one industry that you might know from the previous jobs or whatever. And then you start to suddenly go into different industries. Um, how did that work for you guys? And then how, how is, was the software already ready to get into new, uh, industries or how did you tackle that? Cause it's a really big step for a lot of companies. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, I think, um, one of the, one of the, the most important things that we have to understand that if you look at, at our current economy, um, we already have a perfect circular economy or perfect, I would say almost perfect circular economy. Okay. When that's it, a big statement. <laughs> when it comes to money. So if you just follow the money, money is circular. I mean, some, uh, there are some places where it's, it's, it's being held, you know, at, yeah. and, 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 and people are making a lot of money, but, um, um, the foundation of our economy and the, the whole economic system is built around a circular concept. So, um, if you project that to value chains in general, that's what you do with life cycle assessments, yeah. making an entire, uh, 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 value chain transparent on environmental impact, then basically it's about following the money. So when it comes to focusing on one industry, you can imagine that the deeper you go into this supply chain, you will have a huge overlap with other supply chains. Imagine um, the construction industry is directly connected to packaging, for instance, mm-hmm. and the packaging industry is connected to all industries. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the chemical industry is almost connected to all industries. So there's a lot of overlap with a lot of industries. Mm-hmm. So, um, so we said, well, if we want to build a platform that has a networking capability of, you know, linking with suppliers, then we should have a, a technology that it's, that is flexible enough to connect with any industry. Mm-hmm. So one of the challenges that we had, and, and, and that was also, and still it's not, it's not perfect. We're, st- we're still learning in, th- in that domain, but the foundation of EcoChain was that we, we had to make it flexible enough to be able to implement in, in, in any value chain. Mm-hmm. So, um, once we started in the construction industry, um, the tier one was already uh, packaging. Mm-hmm. So uh, at, at some point we, we, we started to get some traction in the packaging industry as well. So you do one or two or three, uh, uh packaging companies and mm-hmm. you, you start to understand, um, uh, you know, the, the, the processes, um, uh, the raw materials, which are used, uh, um, th- just the logics of how, how these value chains uh, operate. And, um, so it was in a quite natural way. Um, we started to, to focus on other, uh, industries as well. And that's also, it, it could be a, a big trap as well, because 
what we see now is we have traction in so many different industries that um, we also, you know, uh, if, if we start to, to, to grow too fast in too many different industries, mm -hmm. then you could also lose focus. Well, we have already lost focus in the past year. So mm -hmm. we're really trying to now con consolidate uh, uh, the, the focus back to, to some of the, uh, you know, the, the major industries which mm -hmm. are the most relevant. So, um, uh, yeah, to keep, uh, to make a short story long, <laughs> um, uh, it was more like a, a natural way uh, of going to other industries mm. than, uh, than, uh, uh, yeah, uh, uh, than, than really making a, a, a conscious choice of one industry to another and, and, and roll up different industries mm. just because our supplier or our customers were actually inviting their suppliers in different industries to, um, to, to, uh, to use EcoChain. So you kind of speculated on the network effect as a growth model a bit too. Hi, Toby here. With the Growing Green podcast, we want to give businesses with an impact a voice. If you want to follow this journey, visit rootsandroads.io slash growinggreen to read more about our episodes and to send us your feedback. We can't wait to hear your thoughts. rootsandroads.io slash growinggreen. See you there. So, so how many people are you now? Um, Roundabout? Uh, 30, 35. 30, 35. And, and how did that develop? Like you start off with the two of you guys and you kind of struggled and, and, and failed fast and, and tried other things with the two of you. Then how did you grow your team? And, and how many people did you add in which positions and which were you, did you, do you think were the biggest steps in, in, in acquiring new talent? Well, one of the first things we did was hire um, uh, a sustainability expert. Mm -hmm. So a young guy from the um, from the university who was uh, really talented in, in, in this field to, 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 to get more knowledge on the LCA domain. Mm -hmm. So uh, we, we, we had quite a, I mean, we were not environmental specialists. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a yeah, serial entrepreneur. My brother is uh, uh, yeah, more in the financial industry, mm -hmm. uh, you know, he, had, he has a financial background. So um, it was more like putting some puzzles together, yeah. also in the methodology that we build or that he founded actually. Um, so, um, so we had to get this this expertise in. Mm. So uh, the first hires were actually uh, environmental specialists who really dig dig deep in in the in the LCA domain mm. to um, to get some knowledge because uh, we had to deliver reports because the the. the uh, the norms actually stated that yeah. you have to deliver a LCA report. Well, we we did hundreds and hundreds of, of reports at the same time, so, but but still the, the 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 entire logic of building a report uh, that, that was compliant to the norms, like ISO norms, the right? ISO norms mm. and the EN norms. Mm. Uh, we had some some specific Dutch norms at, at that time, so that was um, um, yeah. So we needed to have that expertise. So and we slowly grew the company um, where we invested uh, in, in, in basically the the the, the knowledge and creating an big knowledge on, on the LCA domain. Um, and at the same time, once we had this MVP running and we actually had to rebuild it, but then mm -hmm. we did it with our, with our own team. Um, uh, so we, we invest in, 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 yeah, in developers, IT. Mm -hmm. I think one of the biggest points we, we, yeah, that, that we arrived at, it was, um, when we actually started to look at ourselves, what are what, what's our talent actually? Mm. What, what, what's my brother's talent? What's my talent? And uh, what we also found it was, or found was that uh, my brother was uh, CEO at the time and he was not feeling happy. 
Mm. He was really, really unhappy in, in his job, just managing all the stakeholders. And uh, so he wanted to be this, this also the entrepreneur, really looking, uh, be, being on the front side of, mm. of, of development and, uh, you know, making sure that, that the vision that, that we had was actually embedded in, in, in the technology. So I think one of the biggest steps that, uh, that we had to take at some point was uh, my brother uh, uh, stepping down as CEO and hiring uh, a CEO in in his place mm -hmm. so that was a big decision and we were really really happy i think within within two months or what, one or two months um uh, he was where he really wanted to be mm -hmm. uh so you know on the front side of of, of development product and 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 you know a, a more experienced person you know in, in uh dealing with all these different stakeholders mm. dealing with 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 uh, with uh with shareholders as well that can be uh can be difficult as well yeah, um so that, yeah once we were one, once we made that decision a lot of rest came at enough you know, for the both of us mm. so um i think that that was one of the biggest uh, decisions and if you look back at a decision you wish you wouldn't have made is there uh, any one or two decisions that you think if i could Turn that back now. What would the, what would that be? Oh, that, that's really difficult. I'm always looking uh, forward and never look look back because yeah. ultimately, you know, where you are is a culmination of the choices that you made. Mm -hmm. So we're we're doing really great. So looking back at what kind of mistakes that we made, I think. Yeah, um, yeah I'll come up with something yeah. later. Yeah. It's, it's about <laughs> learning from. It's also about learning from your mistakes. I think it's also because. You know, a lot of people um, yeah, are always afraid of making mistakes. And I think it's the companies that really try to move fast and, and like you did, you know, build an MVP instead of building a completely functional product and just moving fast and trying to you know, execute instead of um, being scared of perfectionism, really. That's kind of something. Well, there's one thing that, com that, that comes up right now that's... Um, that's um, and that's also, I think, uh, uh, more of like a natural problem for mm. me, and that's to, to focus. Yeah. So, you know, I see opportunities. I, I see like 100 opportunities. Popping up left and right. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and what, what, what I really have to, uh, the, the learnings that I got is that, you know, IT is complex and we are building IT in even one of the most complex domain. Mm -hmm. Not even the Googles, the Facebooks or whatever, the, the big multinational companies are focusing on this domain yeah. because it's, it's simply, it's so incredibly complex. So uh, maybe at some point they they, they can buy us. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but so so keeping focus um, and 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 not thinking you know about 100 new things to build mm -hmm. um, while having an, 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 a team of maybe 12 to 15 uh, developers that don't have the capacity to to you know uh, think with you in this in this speed. So mm -hmm. there's always this sort of this 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 legacy in development, which is not a legacy. It's just that you know. I'm moving so fast sometimes that, you know, you, you have to keep focus on, on, you know, mm. yeah, on, on, on what you're actually doing. And, uh, so that, that's, uh, that's a big learning for me. Wow. Uh, talking about focus, uh, you have really strong focus on the Dutch market, which makes sense. You're in Netherlands, most of your team is Dutch. Um, do you also have customers in other countries and, and, and how did you get those customers on board? Cause I could imagine, I mean, of course, supply chains are interlinked, but, um, at some point, you know, it, it's not definitely. Yeah. How did you get other companies or is there any other countries you also have a bit of traction in? 
Yes, Germany and the UK with traction, um, and a little bit of France. Actually, we are operating, we have accounts all over the world. Mm. So I think uh, we're now in over uh, 25 countries. Mm. Um, but um, it's, it's, a, it's a graduate process. So because of the complexity of the domain, um, at this moment with our current proposition, still some consulting services are needed. Mm. And uh, there's just a handful of consultants in the world who actually really, really understand this domain. Mm. So, and the people who really understand the domain, we build an application that's that's like totally different from the more traditional life cycle assessment uh, technology and, 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 and approach. So, so what we said is um, we are now in, 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 in yeah, in the process, um, we have been developing uh, so fast and, and, and in a way that, you know, to really get rid of this consulting services to scale without the need mm. of, of consultants. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think that we will be able to scale without any consulting or, but I think we can really digitalize that highway. So the focus has been on the Netherlands and, and surrounding countries simply to be, to be able to support those customers with our own team mm. of highly specialist people, uh, specialist people uh, uh, that can actually use our application. Mm. Um, we've taken a couple of years to really uh, um, uh, learn also from the feedback of our customers and, and the feedback of our own consultants to, um, you know, what, 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 how complex the domain is, what are the, 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 the problems in the current technology mm. to uh, ultimately build a scalable solution, a scalable platform that can be used by anyone, anyone in the world. So it, it's quite, it, it's what's. I would say um, it's, it's, it, it hasn't been a deliberate choice because ultimately you want to have a, 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 a platform that you can scale immediately on a worldwide, in, 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 in the entire world. But um, I think in the Netherlands, we have in the surrounding countries here in the west, Western side of Europe, we have a very interesting market where the demand for transparency and the demand for sustainability is, is really increasing mm. extremely fast. So um, I think that we already have a home market where we can really experiment, where we can uh, um, uh, uh, learn from our customers, learn from their customer journeys, uh, learn from you know where in, in, in the application they're running against a brick wall mm -hmm. to um, to come up with solutions to 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 break down those walls so they can really work with it themselves. And I think up until that point that we can really let somebody lose in this. Uh, you know, on this complex domain mm -hmm. within our application, um, uh, we won't be focusing too much on other countries. Two uh, closing questions. What person uh, that are alive really inspires you? Of course, there, uh, Steve Jobs is the person that, yeah, inspires me the most. And, and I know that a lot of people uh, hate the second guy that I'm going to, 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 to say, and that's, uh, that's Elon Musk, because he, he did something that everybody said is not possible. He just did it. And he, he put all his money on red and red it was. Yeah, so, so, so um, and what I really love about Steve Jobs is he built technology that he, he was thinking about the actual user. What do I want if I was the user? He could perfectly identify himself with the user and the complexity of actually using a computer. What I really hope is that we, that we can take this little tiny bit of, of his 
talent and his vision and, 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 and use that for the benefit of EcoChain, where we can actually build a technology where the users can, can play with it in such a way that they see the value of creating sustainable products. So it actually becomes fun and mm-hmm. it becomes scalable in a way that we, we will start to, to produce much more uh, uh, sustainable because it's fun, it's, ac- ac- it's accessible, everybody understands it. Mm-hmm. So up until that point, uh, yeah, we still have a long way, uh, a long way to go, but that, that's our, 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 yeah, that's our goal. And that's also with the inspiration of these two guys. Yeah. It's also a never ending story really, because you can always uh, become better. And uh, last question, I have, is there a book you've uh, read recently and, and would you recommend a book I should definitely read? Yeah. What, what I really love to read when I'm on holiday is Paulo Coelho. So like, <laughs> yeah. Maybe if you have Paulo Coelho, is there um, a book that stands out or a story that you kind of, um, at the end of the day, it's about stories. And often you, you read a book and even if that story is not business related, you can still take something from it with you. So is there something like a story that you took with you from one of those books? Well, the, I think the, 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 the main thing is, and that, that's what he, that what he, what he grasps so, so well is that there is so much more between just you and me and, and, you know, the, the, the physical world and thoughts, your thoughts are, are so powerful and visions are so powerful. If you, if you really get into that, in, into that era that, that, that can really change the world, really understand how energy works. And I don't mean energy like you get from your plug uh, in your wall, but the energy between people, the energy, you know, you feel in a room, um, uh, thoughts, visions, um, uh, that can really change the world. I think it, it visionary, it, 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 it the, the, the vision part is, is already in it. It's, it's, it's really seeing how the world should evolve. And, um, I, th- I think nowadays we're very, yeah, fast. The world is, is everything's going so extremely fast. So we, we don't take the time anymore, you know, to, to, to dive deep into yourself and to, to take the time. So, yeah. So the books about those kind of topics that, that really. Audubon, thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Thank you too. Wow, that was my conversation with Baudewein Moss from EcoChain. I've lost my co-host Jolene. She's on her well-deserved vacation now. And so I have to go through my key takeaways by myself, which I'll gladly do because I like to hear myself talk. We all talk about sustainability, but, but too often it just ends up in expensive reports. Too often what we take for sustainability is just a written report that costs tens of thousands of euros and doesn't do anything. And it's um, essentially, I wouldn't call it greenwashing, but it's essentially something that companies say, hey, we made a report here, so now we don't have to act on it. And to fight our climate crisis, we really need to take action right now. And it's too late to just lay back, let expensive consultants do the work. And then we can all say, hey, we're a green company because we have this report, but we don't do anything about it. What EcoChain does is incredibly powerful because it gives companies not a report, but it also offers solutions. It offers actionable insights to really show what you can do to make your company more sustainable, to decrease your company's impact. It's quite 
scaring to me to see that the industry gave EcoChain a big backlash about that because they feared that they would lose all their market. This is understandable. And I think that's a lot of industries that are quite new or that have had the same players for a long time. But when you think about it, that that you would think people in the sustainability field are all just interested in making the world a better place. It's also business. And too often we have consultants that consult on something, but don't really have the full picture in mind. And ownership of your data is really, really crucial today. We have a CRM. Um, we have an ERP. We match our company resources and we don't match our emissions yet. And that's essentially what EcoChain does, essentially a CRM for your emissions and uh, the story behind it because it's, it's such such a new approach to such a, new, a big issue i find it very inspiring and i thought that baudevine uh, was a very powerful conversation partner thank you for listening that was our third episode of the growing green podcast uh, we're incredibly grateful for the feedback we've already gotten but um, please send us your feedback on on linkedin because we want to make this podcast better um, for our listeners and we want to make so please don't hesitate to get in touch we're trying to do this every two weeks now and if you can't wait for our next episode Here's already a sneak preview of my next conversation with Renz from Bright Kitchen. The food business is all about returning and all about loyalty. Yeah, if you make good food, people share that. It's generally something that people speak about. So good food is, is one of our core parts that we do. And we try to do this right and efficient. And then with six restaurants from one kitchen. And in our case, at this moment, vegan restaurants.